Beautiful Not Broken, your weekly inspirational hit of solid advice and life stories coming to you to help you rebuild from rock bottom. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Beautiful Not Broken. I'm Beck Chapel. And if you're not following me on Insta, then I hope that you do and I hope that you connect with me. And that's how I'm going to start and preface this episode because I want to know who's listening. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear how the podcast is helping. So please do that for me. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. So what are we talking about today? A bit of a fun topic today because we've had some heavy ones the last few weeks And I wanted to keep it light today and talk about something that's a bit fun and hopefully gives you some, you know, insight into me further and also insight into how you can bring back the fun in your life if you're feeling like it's a little gone at the moment. And, you know, how do we explore those things that we've let slip in our life that we used to get so much joy from or or how do we explore things that we've never done before? I think it's all part of the healing journey when we are rebuilding our lives and it's a really important part that a lot of people don't really talk about or, you know, they think that they don't have time for it. But I'm here to tell you it's really important when you're healing and you're rediscovering who you are or reinventing yourself that you take the time to really discover things that you might have liked as a child or things that you may have always wanted to try but just never done so what did I do (laughs) last year I wrote myself a list of 35 things I wanted to do before I was 35 so that tells you my age I'm a little while off 35 so I've got time to complete this list and I obviously wrote this list knowing that we're in the middle of a pandemic so I, but you know what, that actually didn't come into it. I still wrote the list as if the pandemic was going to end before I was 35 because I genuinely hope it does. Uh, And I got this great idea off one of my business mentors and friends, uh, Janine Garner, who is actually, she was turning 50 and she wrote a list of 50 things before she turned 50. So I'm not a bucket list person. I think every day should be on your bucket list. I think that our entire life, we should be learning and rediscovering and finding things that we find fun out of and not leaving it for the moment where we might die or just doing it because we might die. We should be doing this just to live. You know, there's that great saying of um, we shouldn't be afraid to die. We should be afraid of not living. And it's so true. So instead of, you know, creating these lists and things in the knowledge that we're going to die one day, why not create these lists and things in the knowledge that every single morning you wake up and you have 24 hours, although, you know, you've got to sleep, but you have 24 hours where you can learn a new skill. Okay, maybe not master it in a day, but you can learn a new skill. You can discover something new about yourself. You can find something fun. So what did I do? Well, on my list, I had learned to ride a bike. I hate bike riding. (laughs) I used to hate bike riding. I'm actually now a big fan. So spoiler alert, I've just told you the end of the story. But I always had this thing about riding bikes and, you know, it was my, I used to say it to everyone. So it was really my catch cry, I guess. I thought I was super unique with this view. Bikes defy gravity. So why the hell would you want to get on one? 
you know, how can you balance that thing? I have terrible balance, by the way. I own that. I'm never going to try surfing. I tried skateboarding like once and did not let go of my ex's hand the whole time. It's not my thing. I don't need it to be my thing. And that's cool. So what did I do? I bought a bike recently uh, at this. Oh, how long ago now? It must be a month, maybe a month and a half. And this coming from the girl that could never ride. And it wasn't until last year. Actually, it was this year. That's how long this year has been. I've forgotten that it was this year. So last year on my list of 35 before 35, I put down learn to ride a bike because even though I had learned as a child, uh, I had not mastered it. I rode again in California when my ex and I were on holidays over there and I had little old ladies overtaking me. I tried to ride a bike in Amsterdam, uh, but me and my girlfriend decided that would be a really bad idea at the time um, for, you know, the reasons that maybe in Amsterdam it's not a great idea. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and look, I, yeah, so I could never ride a bike. That was the story I had told myself. I told everyone else they defied gravity. I had no want to be on one. They went too fast for something with two wheels. They were super dangerous, blah, blah, blah. I had every excuse under the sun. I was fearful of them. So 35 before 35, I thought, I want to learn to ride a bike. And so this year, my sister said to me one morning, hey, go to Kmart, buy a bike. We're going to go bike riding. And I was like, yes, we are. Let's just do it. Because I knew that it had been on that list of mine and I was unsure who would teach me or how I would learn. And there I was at Kmart picking out my very first adult bike uh, that I had bought myself. And my brother-in-law, well, they're not married, but my sister's partner, he built the bike in the car park it was pouring rain and we all went bike riding in the rain through this beautiful park in Western Sydney. And it was so much fun. I went from literally not knowing how to ride a bike, riding it around the car park. Uh, Alistair built mine first so that I could, you know, <laughs> try and learn. And then we embarked on a 10K bike ride through what can only be described as mountain bike trails. And that was it. I then said to myself, I can no longer have this narrative that I can't ride a bike. And it's interesting, literally just waking up one morning and deciding, yeah, I'm no longer going to fear this thing. I'm no longer going to have not being able to ride a bike as part of my narrative and my story that I tell everyone. It's a dumb story anyway, which I knew, but I'm saying that out loud now. And so after that one bike ride, um, we... Where? Oh, then I went away on my own, did my first solo vacation, which you'll know about if you follow me on socials and went down to Eden and some beautiful places down the South Coast. Now there's this gorgeous bike ride you can do there. So I hired a bike once again. There's a theme here with the rain. It was pouring down rain and I um, it was in Naruma. I did the bike ride there up to Delmany, I want to say, I think it's called. It's 20 Ks and I did it. And I mean, okay. Let's let's just put in a little, it was an electric bike that I hired that day. But the fact that I hired a bike on a solo vacation on my own in the rain, did 20Ks, it was so much fun. It was honestly probably one of the funnest days I've ever had on holidays. And I had it on my own. I ended up dropping a my bottle cap for my water bottle next to a seal 
and had to wait for this angry seal to move. Luckily, he hadn't moved by the time I, I, I dropped it before my bike ride. And I was like, okay, well, I'll do my 20Ks and hopefully old mate seal has moved by the time I get back. Two hours later, or maybe a little bit less than that, but around about that time, I got back there and this seal was still sitting next to my bottle cap. There's this beautiful old man sitting there watching this seal because this seal was a, a local. And I said to the seal, as a bit of a joke, I walked up, like, got as close as you could because he was cranky. Like, you don't go that close to these seals. And I said to him, look, I need you to move. I need my bottle cap back. He literally looked at me made a noise and then got in the water and I got my bottle cap back. I'm like, I'm not making this shit up. You cannot make that story up. It was the best day and just the energy was unreal. Like I was on a high the rest of the holidays just from this bike ride that I'd done on my own. Then I proceeded on my next solo vacation in the um, Barossa Valley after going to Business Chicks Movers and Breakers. I hired a bike again and rode it through the Barossa and it was beautiful. So from not going, not being able to bike, ride a bike a year ago, and then from being a, doing three major bike rides on my own, um, you know, since that, well, two were on my own, sorry, the other was obviously accompanied. But my point is, you, there is nothing that we can't do. We just have to get through that fear and stop convincing ourselves about these, you know, narratives and stories that we've told ourselves. We don't need them if they're not serving us. What benefit was me not being able to ride a bike bringing to my life you know I think the value that learning to ride and overcoming that fear has brought to my life the amount of fun that I've had so recently I actually bought a bike I still had my Kmart bike and I was like look maybe I'll donate that I live in a place now that's incredibly hilly and I was using my Kmart bike at the beginning of Sydney lockdown to go to the cafe, go to cafes on Saturdays. I had a ritual. I'd get up in the morning, ride my bike, uh, try and do about like, you know, 10 to 15 Ks and then grab a coffee. Oh my God. I was not doing that on the Kmart bike because it was just too challenging trying to get up these hills. The gears didn't work. Look, it was an $89 bike. And it was put together, um, sorry, Ellie, it was put together pretty poorly, I think. (laughs) You know, we put it together in a car park. What do you want? So I finally spent the money after doing a few rides on this Kmart bike and realizing it wasn't just the fact that I was unfit, which that was a component. It was the fact that I was trying to navigate hills with a terrible gear system. So I bought this new bike, which I love, by the way. And I've been riding almost every weekend since, so I've lost count of how many rides I've done now. I am I love it. The other weekend I went out, though, and I did a pretty hectic track, and I was pretty scared. And I've got two types of fear. So I've got – when I'm in a really good mood and I go out doing something that's new and quite scary – if I'm in the right mindset, I have this fear that's actually quite, it's quite, um, you know, it fuels my adrenaline and I really get in the zone and I can achieve things. Then I've got this other fear that's just paralyzing. And that was how I felt the other weekend. I was like, why am I doing this? I'm so not like, I'm not qualified enough on a bike to do this path. So yeah, it is, you know, there's two different sides to everything. And I think you've got to be in the right frame of mind before you do take on a challenge that is quite scary and new 
But I think there's something beautiful to be said about, you know, pushing ourselves outside those comfort zones and changing the narratives that we have in our head. So I bought a bike and now I can no longer be called a non-bike rider. The next goal I think for me is to, I'd love to do a triathlon, I think, if my body will allow it. As you may or may not know, I'm not, I'm not really sure if I've spoken about it on the podcast, but after the year that I've had, um, you know, definitely have been pretty sick physically uh, because I've been trying to push my body after the half marathon that I did, or well, it was more than a half. I did 5Ks on a Friday, 10Ks on a Saturday, and then 21Ks or 21.1 on a Sunday. After that, my body just wasn't quite right and I couldn't seem to get rid of this extreme fatigue I kept feeling. Um, so I, I've, you know, had to seek out some help with that and, yeah, really look at how I'm looking after myself, which is, you know, I have spoken about on this podcast how important it is knowing what your body needs and really tuning into it. I knew that something wasn't quite right after I'd pushed it to that level. It was really, it was a hard feat and I'm, I'm glad I did it. It was a challenge beyond what I'd done before. And I think it opened the floodgate to say, I can do other things too. Um, it's just about knowing my body better, which I've never gone on that journey of really understanding my makeup and what I should be eating and what I shouldn't be eating and really looking after myself in a, from a nutrition point of view and from a supplement point of view. When I know that I do train quite hard, I'm quite fit. I'm currently detraining, my Garmin will tell you, <laughs> but that's because I am literally on a rest. I have given myself permission just to do nothing. I haven't run in over a month, which is I think the longest I've gone in probably 10 years without going for a run. Running has always been my outlet, but giving myself permission to not do it has been incredibly healing and I don't, I do miss it but I don't feel the pressure of not doing it like I used to. For me, it was always about body image and, you know, once again, another narrative around I have to be fit. I have cons- I consider myself a runner, so I always have labelled myself a runner. But that's only a part of who I am. That's one hobby. It's not all of who I am. And I think we get really attached to these labels and these stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. So for me, there was that I can't ride a bike, but I run. But why can't I do a triathlon? You know, like why can't we change these beliefs that we have about ourselves to really question, well, what is it that I actually enjoy doing? I got to a point where with my running, I didn't really know why I was doing it anymore. It wasn't bringing me the joy and every single time I went out, I came back feeling so tired. I would have to pretty much lay on the couch. I couldn't do any work and my entire body was just screaming at me to stop. And I think we really need to pay attention when our bodies are trying to deliver a message, especially when you get to the point of like severe exhaustion why am I still calling myself a runner? (laughs) Why am I running? It's not serving me. It's really, really not making me feel better at the moment. So taking the time off and really refocusing on me, I'm not doing my weight training that I would normally be doing. And of course I miss it all. I miss the community as well. It sucks that we're in lockdown, but this time to really reflect and relax has been incredibly good for me. And I've picked up bike riding. I've picked up walking, 
Uh, I've, you know, we all know that I walked anyway. I'm a huge hiker. I love it. But I think, you know, back to the point about I bought a bike, which is, you know, the beautiful name of today's episode. It really is actually a metaphor for we can at any point decide to change our narrative and the stories that we've convinced ourselves are true about ourselves. And there's other people out there doing that. You're, you know, at any point you can say, I don't want that to be true about me anymore. But if that's the case, you then have to compile a plan of what you do want and how you're going to implement things to move forward. So I knew that I didn't want this narrative around not being able to ride a bike anymore. So I learned and I took the first steps. I bought a bike. I hired bikes on holidays. I, you know, I'm never going to be you know, a mountain bike rider that goes, my brother's intense into it. He was, so my brother lives in Canberra and he was telling me about all of these, the mountain biking down there is crazy, right? Uh, He does like log climbs and rock things. And I don't know all of this stuff. He was trying to convince me that I should do it. He brought out, he's like, I think he's got $3,000 mountain bike or something. It's got all these cool suspension and all of the things. Uh, he also has a road bike because in Canberra it is big to like ride to to work and things. And I'm still building up to actually riding on the road. I do generally around here, but on the busier roads, I still don't. I actually use a footpath, which my mum tells me is illegal, but I don't care because I don't feel confident enough to ride on the road. Yeah, I don't want to get hit by a car. Anyway, besides the point, at any point we can say to ourselves, that story is not serving me or you know what, I don't want that to be true about me anymore. And we just change direction. As quickly as you pivot in your business and say, I'm no longer, you know, for me, actually, that's the biggest thing I've learned in my business too. When I first launched, I told everyone that my business was about being an external marketing manager. It's not about that at all. I, you know, I have pivoted that. I hate that word pivot. I think because it's like COVID, it's just been used so much. But I have I realized that I didn't want to be an external marketing manager. There were so many things in my job as a marketing manager that I hated. And I was a CMO and all of the things. Why was I holding on to them in a business that I was developing to work and do the things that I love? So I quickly changed to, you know, uh done with you or done for you marketing solutions you know like I said done for you is obviously like a retainer and then done with you is uh marketing coaching and that's you know I'm I'm really realizing through all the work that I do it's the marketing coaching that I love and it's okay that that's the journey I want to go on it's okay to let go of the things that we've always done I've always been you know I, I started out a marketing coordinator I made my way up to a marketing like a chief marketing officer and it's okay to say that's not what I want to do anymore. That even though it's my experience, at any point we can completely change our life. We can even go and restudy, you know, if we want to change our career path. There is no wrong or right time to restart your life, reimagine your life, and upskill, change direction. We're not tied to our stories. I think it's the same in we're not tied to anything. We're not tied to relationships. We're not tied to We, the only thing that we're tied to is ourselves and honoring what brings us happiness and what we actually enjoy in life. I think if we're busy trying to, it's actually interesting. 
I was listening to a podcast today uh, with Sarah Davidson in it, and uh, she's amazing. If you haven't read her book, CZA, I highly recommend it, especially if you're an entrepreneur, uh, a really great read, or if you want to be an entrepreneur. Uh, She was a trained lawyer and, um, you know, left that career, but she was talking in this podcast about how she thought, you know, like her, it took her body completely breaking down for her to realize she wasn't happy or that something wasn't quite right and that she'd buried parts of herself that she'd always loved. And I, I could completely relate because obviously having come out of a 10 year relationship, I recognize so many parts of myself that I just ignored for 10 years, maybe not the full 10 years, but like easily nine you know, this whole fun side to me, the whole social aspect, like I, I thrive on meeting new people and connecting and, and really, um, talking, obviously (laughs) I have two podcasts, but, you know, really delivering a message. And there was all these great parts of my personality that just weren't able to shine through in the last nine years. And that was down to me telling myself that they weren't important anymore because my partner didn't value them or didn't actually even like those sides to me, I believe. Like, I am quite loud. I am quite – I'm very Beck. I'm very myself and these days unapologetically. But back in the day, you know, a lot of people had a lot of negative things to say about me because I did show up confidently because I had ambition, because I would succeed and people find that intimidating and they're not used to seeing it, especially in Australian culture, because we have a horrible, horrible, like tall poppy syndrome is huge here and we just cut each other off. And it's not, it's only since I've entered the entrepreneur world that I feel truly supported in my career. I was always being bullied by other women and I hate saying it, but it was, Yeah, I've gone so on a tangent, haven't I? People listening to this are not going to expect this from an episode called I Bought a Bike, (laughs) which, by the way, I love my names. They're not, okay, I'm in marketing. You all know that. SEO is a big thing, big part of marketing. I'm not an SEO specialist. Let me just preface that. But I know that the importance of these Uh, you know, these podcast titles is like SEO is important in them, but I'm breaking that because I love the fact that I'm a little unique in my names of show episodes and, you know, that they're a bit fun because I'm all about that's, you know, I love the fun and I love doing it my way. Anyway, at any point in your life, this is my point today. Even if you fear something, but you're still curious about it, you can do it. You just have to, you know, what what is it that you want to change? What things do you want to trial? You know, wh- yeah. Wh- what is the path that you want to take that you're not taking? What are the, the things that used to light you up that you're ignoring because you, you think you don't have time or you don't think they suit your lifestyle anymore? Because let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with being you. And if someone's trying to tell you that something that you want to do and something that lights you up is silly well that's about them that's not about you every time someone has feedback for us even like feedback is important yes but if someone's trying to like talk you out of something or 
you know, question why you're doing something. I ask you to question why they're questioning. Is it because they have fear and they're scared of you doing something because they think it's like, for example, starting my own business. I had a lot of people say to me, Becky, you sure about that? You could go six months without a paycheck. That wasn't my fear. Money has never been a driver for me. My, that was their fear because for them, money equals security. For me, I don't see money as like, yeah, money's great and you need it. Totally respect that. And, you know, it's very privileged of me to not value money. And it's not that I don't value it or I don't appreciate it. It's that for me, it's not a driver and it's not a fear. But for other people, it would be terrifying not having access to money because that brings them security. That's not what gives me security. I get security from other things. So there's an example, like you need to question other people and the feedback they give you because sometimes it's actually their fears playing out and they're scared for you because they think you should be scared the way that they are. Just a thought. Anyway, buy a bike. (laughs) This whole episode has been an ad for bikes. Uh, No, anyway, my point is at any point in your life, you can change the narratives you've convinced yourself of. I may not be a runner going forward. That may no longer be my journey. We'll see. Anything could happen. But I encourage you, if there's something you've been wanting to do, do it. Set in motion the things that you want to do um, that bring you joy. Especially if you're in lockdown, you've got all the time in the world to dream big. So don't stop doing that. But you do need to have a plan if you want to dream big. So every little dream should have a plan. Anyway, I've waffled enough. Have a great week, guys. As always, please connect with me. It's Beck underscore Chapel on Instagram. And I never say this, but I don't, I just assume people know how to spell my last name. It's double P double L. So C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. I'm sure you can, you know that from looking at the podcast anyway. Yeah. Connect with me. Say, hey, let me know how you're going. Give me some feedback. I'd love to hear from you. Have a great week and we will see you next week.